You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. And it would just be there, and it gave me a feeling that was so profound, but I had never felt that before. I had no idea what it was. And I had nobody to explain it or to talk to me about it. And praying about it, God told me and showed me that it was grief. And I was experiencing tremendous loss and grief. And what I learned about grief is it has no bottom. The pit of grief has no bottom. Just when you're at a point where it's too heavy, you're too far down, something else happens and you drop another foot or two and then you turn a corner and it happens again and by the third or fourth time when you can cry or scream a sound that you've never heard before on this earth from that pit, from that place in that pit you've already dropped four more times, you realize grief has no bottom. I would encourage people to, or pastors especially, to let people know that are experiencing grief or trauma that not only is grief acceptable, but it's all over the Bible. So Jesus himself, Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53.3 that Jesus was a man well acquainted with grief. If you look all through the Psalms, David was called a man after God's own heart. And so many of the Psalms are just colored with David complaining, crying out to God, begging God, asking him, God, why me? God, why aren't you listening to me? And I think people need to hear that, that validation from a spiritual leader that not only is grief okay, that grief is a universal experience and people, including Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate human being, he was well acquainted, it says in the Bible, with the deepest grief. So just to tell people to kind of befriend the experience and embrace it. Grief is not stages. Grief is all over the place. Our griefs are all different. We don't walk through certain stages. The Bible never talks about stages. So I go back to scripture and I look at it and say, well, my grief wasn't you know, people are saying, you need to be doing this. Well, that wasn't my grief. Well, then am I abnormal? No, I'm normal. And some people um, don't need that help. Other, need, other people need a lot more help. And we just really need to be aware of that. And we need to be um, having an environment that's safe and an environment that is conducive to people going up and saying, I need some help. I'm hurting and, and not wanting to hide and pretend we're doing great which is, is not going to do us any good because if we all think we're, we're doing great, we're not. <laughs> we, we need help. Grief is real. And you may be grieving right now. You may be grieving someone that you miss. You may be grieving something that's not happening in your life due to the pandemic. And there's all kinds of different types and forms of grief. Many times grief leads to depression or other forms of mental illness. And I'll just tell you straight out, I suffer and struggle with mental illness. 
And I hope that doesn't shock you, but it's true. And I think for me, it's been a couple of different instances in my life that have led to that. One being the loss of a wife to cancer, and the other being the loss of our son Taylor, who was a victim of a homicide. And those two events caused me to react in a certain way. So I struggle with depression, I struggle with post-traumatic stress syndrome, and it needs to be acknowledged and it needs to be dealt with. Now that doesn't mean that I'm not a strong Christian. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with my faith. And if you struggle with mental health, it doesn't mean that for you either. But the problem is there's long been a taboo in churches regarding talking about mental illness. And when someone has the courage to come forward and say, yeah, I'm struggling with this, they hear all kinds of cliches. They hear things like, God won't give you more than you can handle. Or you should pray more. Or read the Bible more. And what that does is just isolates the person because they know that already. And they're already ashamed. And then what's worse is people run away from them because they don't know what to say. And so it's important that we address mental illness and what the Bible has to say about it, especially during COVID-19. And there are some really significant numbers that are starting to come out now regarding mental illness. And depression and anxiety are taking their toll during this time. According to a, a Kaiser tracking poll, more than half of Americans report a decline in mental health during the pandemic. Frontline healthcare workers and families of those workers say that they have experienced 64% worse mental health, as did 65% of those that have lost income during the pandemic. Worse yet, a report that was just released by an organization called Wellbeing Trust tells us that there could be as many as 75,000 deaths by despair. And that means those are deaths that come because of drug and alcohol abuse and suicide as a result of unemployment and isolation and fear. And they've even gone as far as to say that for every point that unemployment goes up in America, you can tack on another 20,000 to that number. And so this is really significant. And the Bible has things to say about this. And so during our time together, I want to discover what does the Bible say and not say about mental health? What about the spiritual dimension of mental health? There certainly is a spiritual part of this, and we need to talk about that as well. And then maybe even most important, how do I live an effective Christian life if I'm struggling with mental health? And how do I help the person next to me doing the same thing? Because all of us want to glorify God in this. And so I hope that I can encourage you and I want to leave you with this truth when we're finished together. And it's very simple, but it's profound. You can find hope in Christ, in Christ, when depression and anxiety come knocking at your door. And I just want that to seep deep into your soul. 
And in order to do that, we're going to talk about one of the biblical giants. And many of the giants of the Bible struggled with this issue. And of course, David was one that we think of that was able to really talk about this with God and wrote a lot about this in his writings. And so we're going to turn together to Psalm 34, 15 through 18. Psalm 34. And if you want to grab a phone or an iPad or a tablet, we're going to read this together. The psalm is really split into two divisions. The first 10 verses are a hymn. David wrote a lot of hymns. The second half is a sermon. And this sermon teaches us about God's protection over us and our minds and our hearts as we grapple with mental illness. So here's the text, Psalm 34, 15 through 18. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. That's really encouraging to me when I read those words. Now before we really dig in, let me just say this, that mental health is a complicated issue. There's nothing simple about this. And there certainly is a spiritual component that's going on around us. Satan wants to destroy you. Satan is attacking your mind. Satan wants to come after you and get you to believe all kinds of lies. So there is a spiritual component that cannot be denied. And if we look at Peter, Peter told us about this in 1 Peter 5, 8. Peter said, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And that someone is you. He wants to devour you. And in order to fight against that and to develop a strategy, I would refer you to Ephesians 6, where Paul lays out a comprehensive strategy and what to do when you know that you're being attacked. And there, Paul talks about living a, a righteous life and prayer and reading the Bible consistently. And so this spiritual component is important to think about, and it very much falls in line with a biblical view. But there are other reasons for mental illness too. Sometimes there are circumstances that come about in our lives. Trauma comes from that. Sometimes our bodies just aren't working the way they're supposed to work. Sometimes we're just wired in a particular way. Or when we come across a trial like this COVID-19, all of these emotions are elicited in us and mental illness becomes a problem. And so we must acknowledge that it's not always just spiritual. And in order to get help, we need to acknowledge that. And so we're going to be talking as we go along about where to find help. And I'm going to be talking about our website, which is myrwc.org. We have a care page there. And we have other resources for you. 
We also produce a podcast called Life Support, which is the theme of this series as well. And that clip you saw earlier was what our podcast is about. It's people that are coming out of trauma, and we want to help you find more of Christ. We want to help you deal with that trauma. And that's aired every Saturday night at 8.30 on KTIS and the My Faith Radio Network. It lives on that website. It lives at fivestonemedia.com and on our website. But we'll refer to that in just a couple of minutes. But it's important now that you understand that the most important thing is that you don't hurt yourself. And so before, before we go any further, I want to refer you to this hotline number. This is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. The lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. If at any time during COVID-19, if at any time that we're talking about it, and you feel like hurting yourself is the only option, please, please, please reach out. This is a confidential line. It's there all of the time. There's always someone manning it. And don't wait. So it's really important that you take that seriously. Because COVID-19 is driving many, many to despair. It's isolation. It's lost jobs. It's overwhelming responsibilities. But don't give up. There's hope for you. There, there is help for you, and there is hope in Christ. So this psalm, though it doesn't expressly deal with mental illness, it certainly gives us some helpful ideas of how we can deal with it. Now, David had been through a lot in his life, and he, at the beginning, as he writes this psalm, has just escaped the clutches of a king called Abimelech, who is the king of a city called Gath. And David actually had feigned insanity to get away. And he spent much of his life running. And he was betrayed by those he trusted. But here's the thing. Even though David was isolated, he knew where his help came from. He knew who to turn to. He knew that God was there, that God cared about him and so he was willing to share his deepest emotions he was willing to share his heart with God and that's what we can do too and that gives us hope in COVID-19 when it comes to mental health and so the first thing I want to show you here in 15 to 21 is this first point and that is you can find hope in COVID-19 because God looks favorably upon you and it's so important that you believe this and understand this, that if you're struggling, God doesn't push you away. God doesn't think less of you. God actually looks favorably upon you. And David was convinced of this. And if you look at verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. He and his ears toward their cry. And so the Lord hears your cry. The Lord sees you in your pain. And these words are written as a sign of God's protection over you. He is tenderly watching over you. And as he's watching over you, he's willing to go into the most frightening of places. The darkest places. 
And I had a counselor once tell me, Paul, you need to take Jesus over to the edge of your garbage dump and you need to have him look in it with you because you're going to discover that he still loves you when he sees it all. And that's what David is telling us here. And I love what the great 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon said. He had this beautiful quote about God's love. He observes them with approval and tender consideration. They are so dear to him that he cannot take his eyes off them. He washes each one of them as carefully and as intently as if there were only that one creature in the universe. That's how God feels about you. As if you're the only person in the universe. His eyes can't come off of you. And this psalm really is a contrast between how God sees the righteous and how God sees the wicked. And while God can't take his eyes off of you, it's not so for the wicked. The psalm is very clear that that God pushes the wicked away, that God cannot look upon sin. And so you can live with a sense of gratitude that, that God reached in and saved you and gave you this relationship with him and so that you're always within his graces and we call that the gospel it's the power of the gospel and the gospel simply is about the ministry of Jesus Christ and so as you're facing COVID-19 my question for you would be do you know him have you considered Jesus Christ the Bible tells us very clearly that Jesus is the son of God and he was sent by his Father, into our world to die on the cross, to give of himself for our sin, for your sin and for my sin. And by repenting of that sin and by believing in Jesus, you can have new life. You can have eternal life. It's within reach. You're not without hope. Jesus is your hope during COVID-19. And if you're struggling with mental health, there are places to turn. And Jesus is the one who can help you do that. And so, here's what I want you to know. That there's a place you can go right now to our Ridgewood website. And here's that website again, rwc.org. And you'll see this button right here. It says, I've decided to follow Jesus. You just go on the front page, you see this big blue tab here, you hit that tab, and all kinds of resources become available to you about how to follow Jesus. You won't be contacted unless you want to. But what you will do is you'll enter a new realm of life, and it'll answer questions that you might have about this relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I just want to encourage you to do that, because this is your chance now to find this new relationship with Jesus Christ. One of the ways that you can cope with mental illness during COVID-19 is by believing that God's favor is on you. And then secondly, you can find hope during COVID-19 because God hears your prayers. God is attuned to you. He's listening to you. And he, if you look again at the first half of 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears. And so it's very clear here that God hears the prayers of the righteous, the humble ones, the ones who are crushed. Not 
it's not that he doesn't hear those that are flying high, but what David is saying is that God takes great joy in listening to you pray when your heart is hurting, when you're grieving, when you're struggling, when you're dealing with mental illness, when you feel alone and when you're isolated, when COVID-19 is catching up to you, he hears you. And so I want to encourage you to pray. I want to encourage you that there's nothing that you can tell him that will surprise him. There's nothing that you can say that he hasn't heard before. There's nothing that you can put forth that he doesn't already know. And prayer is a huge component in having victory over mental health issues during COVID-19. Now, my prayer life is pretty simple. I have a list, and I sit down with that list. And I begin to work through that list early in the morning. And I need that list to stay organized because otherwise my mind just begins to drift. But sometimes I'll just stop and I'll cry out to God. There are times when depression is close at hand and I cry out to God. There are moments when despair begins to overtake me and I'll stop and I'll cry out to God. There are times when I feel, confused, I feel confused and I feel hopeless. And so I cry out to God. Now, I don't always sense the presence of God. I, I don't always know the results of those prayers. But here's what I do know. That the Bible tells me that God is listening to my prayers. And so I trust that because I believe in the Bible with all my heart. And I know that when you lift your prayers up to God, when you, when you share with him what's really here and not what you think he wants to hear or what other people want to hear, then you're going to find a new freedom because you're going to find that God loves you even when he's looking at your garbage dump with you. And so this is what it means to cry out to God. He's listening. He's watching. And lastly, I would say this, in order to find hope during COVID-19, is that God is the great deliverer. He's about deliverance. He wants to deliver you from your pain, from, from your heartache, from your darkness, from your fear, from your sin. Because that's what God does. He hears his children and he steps in and he saves them. Second half of 17 and 18, and he delivers them out of their troubles the Lord is near to the brokenhearted are you brokenhearted he saves the crushed in spirit is your spirit crushed has something happened has, have you lost your job has a spouse left you have you fallen into drug abuse or alcohol abuse have you given up hope then this is a promise that he will save you, the crushed in spirit. And so often those who are, are brokenhearted, they imagine that God is far away. When in fact, he's close. The, the pain though is so great, the isolation is so real, the despair is so crushing that one can't imagine that God would even be there at times like this. But here's what David is saying. Not only is he there, but 
he relishes the opportunity to be with you in times of darkness and pain. And COVID-19 offers plenty of that. There's plenty of grim news. There's plenty of, of problems that we're all facing. And yet here's a promise in Scripture that Jesus will walk with you. Now this doesn't mean that God's going to take all of your pain away. Because sometimes he leaves the pain there in order to do a work in your life, in order to, to bring about a greater level of faith and trust. But that doesn't mean he isn't working. He does care and he's with you. And so mental illness is real. Depression is real. But it doesn't have to own you. It doesn't have to destroy you because what David is saying here is that God hears you, he sees you, and he can deliver you. Here are some practical things that you can do based on what we just learned in order to deal with mental illness during this time of COVID-19. First, please don't relationally isolate. It's important while we're socially distancing that you don't relationally isolate. Use the tools that you have in front of you. Use social media, use video, touch base with your family, text people, reach out for help. Because if you begin to isolate, that's when Satan can come after your mind. It's important that you stay in relationship with others. Secondly, be honest with yourself and with God. Don't try to pretend you're okay if you're not okay. And that's one of the real themes that we've developed in this life support series and in our podcast is that being not okay is perfectly okay. And David wasn't okay and he found out that his greatest strength was when he went to God in his greatest weakness. And so admit that. Thirdly, believe the promises of God. The promises are right here. God sees you. He hears you. He can deliver you. He hears your prayers. His eyes are on you. Believe that because they're written here in this amazing book that we love so deeply. And then fourthly, spend time with God. Pray. Read the Bible. Feed on the nutrients of of this book. It'll go a long way in helping you to cope. And then finally, reach out. It's really important that you reach out. Don't try to do this alone. I've given you some resources. There are other resources as well. But you need to take advantage of those resources. If you feel despair coming on, depression, anxiety, call a friend. And if no one understands, don't be ashamed to get counseling. Don't be afraid to call a lifeline. Because it could save your life. It could lead you into a new life with Christ. So listen, I know this is all really hard. And I know that mental illness for a long time has been a taboo in churches. We have not talked about this issue enough. And so people are isolated out there because when you come forward and say, I have a problem, then many are accused of not having enough faith or of playing the victim. But if you're like me and you know what it means to struggle, 
then maybe what God is doing in your life is he's calling you to him at a deeper level. He's calling you to faith in a brand new way. And that only happens through pain. It only happens through suffering. And so there are times when suffering is a gift. And so can you see suffering as a gift? If you can, then you can thrive in the midst of COVID-19. And you can deal with mental illness. So just remember where we started. And it's simple, but it's profound. You can find hope in Christ even when depression and anxiety knock at your door. Let me just spend a moment and pray for you. Dear God, I just pray for those right now that are in the ravages of depression, despair, that are are hurting beyond words, those that have fallen into substance abuse and alcoholism. God, I just pray that you would reach in and deliver, deliver this, friends, out of their brokenheartedness, God, and show them how deeply you love them. And God, we, we come to you and we thank you that you have given us the gift of Jesus Christ and his work on the cross and his resurrection and, and his continuing ministry as our high priest so that as we face these terrible days that we're up against, there is still hope, and our hope is Christ. And so I just pray for this beautiful flock at Ridgewood Church. I just pray, God, that you would give them unity and peace and joy and protection from that enemy that is trying to destroy each one. Because we know that you're more powerful than any virus that you can reach in and you can help us to cope even when our bodies aren't working right and our minds aren't working right. And so would you please do a work of redemption in each life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.